You're listening to United Q Podcast. We're brought to you by ProQ, Kamado Joe, Thermopen, and Smokewood Shack. ProQ's extensive range of bullet smokers, reverse flow, and gravity-fed smokers will suit all, from the home enthusiast to the big volume caterer. Kamado Joe, the king of ceramics, is renowned for build quality and innovation. When smoking, roasting, or searing, get that great barbecue taste and keep the moisture locked in. Thermapen Instant Read Thermometers. Take the guesswork out of barbecuing with the super fast Thermapen. Smokewood Shack delivers quality smoking wood every time. They provide the smoky goodness, you provide the talent. This week's show, we've got Bobby Brennan from Kamado Joe. Hi, Bobby. Are you all right? I'm doing good, guys. Thank you very much for having me on. No problem. I feel I feel like I understated that just from Kamado Joe. Bobby's is the <laughs> is Kamado Joe. You are you own Kamado Joe, the founder of Kamado Joe. Is that the well, correct I, title? <laughs> I, I own I own half of Kamado Joe. Uh, I uh, my business partner Kerry Coker. We were business partners in the in the corporate world uh, before we were business partners as entrepreneurs but you know Kerry's the uh, behind the scenes guy he manages the back office I'm, I'm the uh, sales marketing product development guy but I do have a I do have a better half in, in, in Kerry so um, yes yeah, so Kerry and I uh, jointly own Kamado Joe awesome so so you touched on it there but can you just get give us a little bit of your background I guess then in so you started off in the corporate world, did you? I did, yeah. I mean, I went. I'm actually born and raised in uh, uh, Dublin, Ireland, or just north of Dublin. I went to university uh, in Ireland and uh, got a job with GE uh, coming out of college in uh, in uh, Europe. And then after about a year, they they decided to move me to the to the US, and uh, I've been here ever since. That was back in uh, 1991, and. Uh, been all over the world with GE and then Siemens. I, I left GE after about 12 years to go work for Siemens, but it wasn't until uh, I moved to Atlanta in, what year was it, uh, 2002, that um, I fell in love with Kamado style cooking. Most people know that Big Green Egg is headquartered here, and you know most people, most people in, uh, in Atlanta, I've heard of the Green Egg, and most people have owned a Green Egg, and so uh, I fell in love with barbecue, and uh, specifically the Big Green Egg, back in 2002, 2003, when I first moved to Atlanta. Cool. So, so that's kind of 
almost well i don't know if that got you into barbecue were you already into barbecue before that or is that kind of your hook into barbecue you know i always enjoyed grilling uh but you know i was one of those guys who who grilled you know maybe 15 20 times a year certainly not every weekend but when i when i bought my first green egg it became a it's, it's more than a hobby it was just an, an obsession i've always been a foodie um you know my mom was a uh home economics teacher for 20 or 30 years so I've always had a love of food um, but it's really when I bought my first green egg that I became in love with the category and you know just cooking over there's just absolutely nothing like cooking over a real fire and, and you know it became you know something uh, therapeutic to do on the weekends um, especially after a long week just you know as soon as you light that fire on a Saturday morning, I mean, just uh, the blood pressure goes down about 50 points. And, uh, <laughs> it's, that uh, sounds like many of ours and our listeners uh, <laughs> thoughts on a, on a daily basis. You know, pe- people ask me, why should I buy one of these grills? I tell them, well, you know, I can give you the pitch, but, um, you know, really and truly, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a very versatile way to cook. And, um, you know, there's obviously some flavor benefits from cooking over charcoal and moisture retention, all that. But, you know, for me, the number one reason you should buy it, it just makes your life better. It's, um, it's, it's just, I don't know, something very Can't emotional. That. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Just <laughs> something very emotional about, um, you know, lighting your barbecue and, and cooking over a real fire. But I was in the corporate world and then, um, I went through a divorce when I was in my mid-30s and, you know, got, got custody of a few young boys, three young boys, and I was struggling to manage the, the stresses of, of corporate life um, and uh, be a parent to three boys. And so I started looking for, you know, businesses to buy and um, actually found a few, but, you know, made a few full price offers and it, it just didn't work out. And uh, I remember my broker telling me at the time, he said, well, Bobby, you know, you're 38 or 39 years old. Why, why wouldn't you just start your own business? And I'm like, I, I really don't know how to do that. I, I don't come from an entrepreneurial family. Um, you know, I know how to run a business. I, I, yeah. I, I had a big job with the, uh, with Siemens, but, um, you know, starting from scratch was pretty daunting to me. And, um, I remember my broker at the time giving me probably the, the best piece of advice I've ever had. You know, obviously we, we had spent uh, about a year working together, trying to buy a business. And I, I guess I came to every lunch meeting with my laptop and I had spreadsheets after spreadsheets, after spreadsheets, you know, calculating return on investment and, money in, money out, and all this stuff. He says, Bobby, put the laptop away. He says, forget about your spreadsheets. If, I, if I'm going to give you a piece of advice, he said, when you're going to sell something for the next 20 or 30 years, he said, why don't you do something that you're passionate about? And I said, I said what do you mean? He says, well, don't look at becoming an entrepreneur and leaving your successful career just because you see an opportunity to make a quick buck. Um, he said, if you want to be in this for the long haul, I think you're better off you know, doing something that you're truly passionate about. And um, he encouraged me actually to go home and make a list of everything I like to do. And he said, maybe, maybe, just maybe something will uh, jump off the page and, you know, pique your interest. 
Don't ask me why, but I actually did go home and make a list. <laughs> I remember. I wish I. I wish I could. I wish I had kept it because. Uh, Can I ask what be. else was on the list? Anything? Anything else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, I love to golf. Uh, I love to scuba dive. Um, I mean, amongst other things, but uh, I don't know why. But when I put you know, love to cook on my green egg on the list. Something just jumped off the page at me. I'm just like, hmm. Um, you know, back in my earlier career, I was um, coming up through the ranks at GE and then, see, you know, Siemens. Uh, I, I was a, a manufacturing guy. So yeah. I, I built factories, moved factories, closed factories, ran factories. And so I always, you know, I had problems with my green egg. Their, their, their customer service was always exemplary. I mean, they always replaced stuff. I actually yeah. bought my first green egg from Ed Fisher himself. Um, and the customer service was always great. But, I mean, every year something would break or something would go go wrong. And um, I just felt, you know, perhaps there's a, you know, at the time they had 90% market share, which I thought was astonishing. Yeah. Um, nobody, nobody really was giving them a whole lot of competition. You know, Primo was around, um, but you know, it was Green Egg and had massive amount of market share. And that 90%. was it, really. Yeah. Yeah, was it. So I think there was a you know a company called Grilldome around at the time. I think they're still yeah. around. But you know, my assessment of the market was that there was a there was a, an opportunity, you know, to do something better, and yeah. to kind of. Uh, emerge as the number two in the category and you know truth be told you know green egg has never been public enemy number one um when we started the company you know our goal was to become the alternative to the green egg you know kind of be there be the pepsi to their coke or the samsung to their iphone and um, yeah we spent you know the first eight or nine years now trying to emerge as the uh, the dominant alternative which i think for the most part we have yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's, that's kind of the short story of how we got started. Um, you know, literally, literally, I remember calling Kerry uh, saying, "Hey, I think I want to. I think I want to get into the ceramic grill business." And he was my partner in the corporate world. So when we worked together at Siemens, I was kind of a you know general manager, CEO type. He was the CFO, and we were we were business partners. So he knew me to be the. Uh, to be a risk taker and you know when I said hey I think I want to get into the ceramic grill business he was one of the guys that I had convinced to buy green egg you know I I was that guy in the neighborhood that you know as soon as I got my green egg and, and, and saw all the benefits of it um, I'm, the, I'm the guy who convinced every neighbor and every colleague at work really and, and every around the world I, you know truth be told I probably sold 200 green eggs over the years <laughs> So, um, but yeah, you know, he, he said, "Hey, I, I love the idea. Let's let, let's let's investigate." And we, we spent about five or six months trying to understand the market and understand our options. And I think it was uh, in uh, September of 2008 we finally pulled the trigger. And uh, it'll be ten years now. Ten years, yeah. 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 Wow. Wow. So, I, I, one of my questions written down here, I was going to say, like, why ceramic? Like, if you started a, you started your own barbecue grill company, like, why did you pick ceramic? I guess you've kind of answered that a little bit already, but you, well, there's probably more to that. I, I think you know, obviously, um, there's a massive trend away from you know propane and gas towards you know wood as a as a 
fuel source. And obviously you can get, you know, there's pellet grills and there's, you know, briquettes and then there's natural lump charcoal. But in, in my humble opinion, you can't beat natural lump charcoal for, charcoal for the flavor benefits. And I do think there are certain uh, intrinsic benefits to cooking with ceramics. It keeps all the moisture in the grill, which keeps all the moisture in your food. So, you know, there are some things it doesn't make a huge difference on. But when you're talking about a very lean cut of meat, whether it's a chicken breast or, or even a pork loin, um, you know, ceramics are, in my opinion, are, are clearly the best at retaining the moisture in your food. And so I, when I, I'd been cooking on, on gas grills, um, and, you know, when you put a chicken breast on a gas grill, you have to marinate it and you have to stand by the grill and keep flipping it every, you know, minute and a half so that, you know, you, you don't dry it out. Whereas when you cook a, a chicken breast or a pork loin on a on a Kamado Joe, I mean, you just literally flip it one time. It just doesn't dry out. And so uh, to me, to me, it was clear. I'd never cooked on anything quite like it. Didn't fully under, I'm a, I'm a mechanical engineer. I understand, you know, heat transfer and, you know, moisture retention, but um, I, I was sold uh, as soon as I started cooking on a green egg. Yeah. And it, like efficiency wise as well, it just makes such a huge difference. Like the amount of coal that I'll go through using like on my Kamara Joe's like nothing compared to if I was grilling in something else. Absolutely. You know, I mean it's you can cook for twenty four hours on a on a big Joe and, you know, probably eighteen to twenty on a classic without uh, adding any charcoal. The the thing I love about it the most, you know, especially in climates like we have in, in, in Ireland and the UK you know, if you've got a gas grill and you're attempting to cook in, in the middle of winter, uh, as soon as you open that lid, you lose all your heat. Yeah. Um, what I love about ceramics is that, you know, not only do the ceramics act as an insulator, but it also acts as a thermal mass. And so as soon as you open it up, you could be in the Outer Hebrides. And, and, and as soon as you open that, you know, um, ceramic, you know, to turn your meat or inspect the, the temperature of your meat. As soon as you close it again, it, it literally takes 15, 20 seconds for the grill to go right back to the same cooking temperature um, because the ceramics just release heat um, into the dome and uh, it helps modulate the temperature. And you, you don't get that benefit from a traditional metal grill that, you know, all your, you know, loses heat pretty rapidly. <clears throat> Through the, through the cooking. If you're looking, you ain't cooking, and yeah. uh, you, know, it goes, you open the lid, you add half an hour onto your cook. Yeah, I mean, so there's huge advantage, I think, and especially in colder climates. We do we do especially well in places like uh, Canada and, and, and Wisconsin over here in the United States. Yeah, we've seen all the pictures of the snow on the on the KJs, and uh, people yeah. are grilling still. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. Yeah. I mean, for me, a KJ was the first ceramic I cooked on, and it was actually uh, at an event. I was cooking for a hundred people, and I have to, and obviously I had a slight advantage of maybe knowing how to run a barbecue. But just the ease of use, uh, I just found it phenomenal. It was the first time I fired one up, and Ben was there with me actually, and we. Uh, <clears throat> he had used one previously. It was the first time I'd ever used one, and it was just 
so easy to get to temp and just sat at temp all day. And I think we use, we were cooking from early until late. We used half a bag of lump wood and yeah. we, we still had plenty left in it. I mean, we, we put we closed the vents, put the fire out and there would have been plenty left in it at the end of the, at the end of the day. That was half a bag. And we cooked, <clears throat> I mean, uh, for a hundred people and, it was, it was epic and, and it was just really easy and i've cooked on other ceramics since then and and yeah just i think ease of use and and yeah just control and everything's just phenomenal in the ceramics it's interesting you say that you know um you know i i mentioned a little earlier that there seems to be a, a big trend away from propane and gas products to wood-fired grills and i you know i think the big winner over the last four or five years has actually been the the pellet grill uh, most notably you know Traeger I think they've done a really nice job of of growing their particular category and yeah um, I, I would tell you that you know I think even though personally I much prefer the Kamado style grill you know a pellet grill has some advantages in that it gen it is very easy to use you just turn the knob and and set it to whatever temperature you want, and, and you know the, the the computer does the rest. But um, so I would argue that the Kamado style grill has a disadvantage versus a pellet style grill in terms of uh, ease of use. Um, but where I think we win is just the the entire experiential factor of cooking with an open fire. You know, that I've, I found a. I find a Traeger, you know, pretty boring grill, to be honest with you. You can't ever see the fire. Um, yeah, know. definitely. And and part of the fun is building the fire and and the, the management of the fire and and stuff like that. But also, I mean, I, I saw, I mean, Eric did the, he ran the two against each other recently in a video. And, yeah. and for a couple of years, I mean, a couple of years ago, I was doing some demos on the Kamado Joe and, and one I like to use was was the reverse sear because yeah. you get to just show the scope of the Kamado Joe in an easy cook where you can set it up to smoke. You smoke the, the steak for an hour, you bring it up to temp, and then you, you can then really show the, the full dynamics to everyone stood there where you flip open the daisy wheel, flip open the vents, and you've got it up to a raging sort of 600 <laughs> degrees yeah. in, in, in yeah. literally they, they, they stand there and they watch the dial turn and, and it's and it's incredible and, and you then see the state you open it back up with the state back on after it's had a rest and and it just shows that the real dynamics of the the kj or, or ceramic and i think that that again is another another area that is is where it beats uh the trader yeah. or the or the pellet grill is is that side of things as well no, it, it, the versatility, the versatility to do a reverse sear on, on a Kamado. And uh, I mean, you can cook as I have, I have to convert to Celsius because I'm talking to a British audience. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you can cook anywhere from, you know, 100 Celsius to 400 Celsius uh, yeah. and, and literally everything in between. Um, but, you know, that obviously... I'll be honest with you. I think I think the green egg, you know, um, that's why I fell in love with the category. But I, I think they've done an absolutely lousy job of growing the category. Yeah. Um, you know, most most people would would probably 
say, hey, they've done a great job. But they're, they're almost a 50-year-old company now. And I think single, you know, the commando-style category is absolutely unequivocally the best way to cook food. And I personally think they've done a lousy job of growing the category. And so as we look to continue growing all over, uh, I think it's important that we start, you know, extolling the benefits of, of why someone should buy a Kamado grill. A Kamado grill looks a little intimidating. It doesn't look like a gas grill. It looks different. There's something intriguing about it. But, you know, a lot of guys just, uh, you know, not willing to, you know, take a risk and say, I don't, I don't know how to, you see, you, you're in the, you're in the industry. You're, you are a, you know, your way around a barbecue, as you said. And so you're not intimidated by it. Yeah. Well, a lot of a lot of people are, and so I think part of the challenge for us going forward is to, you know, develop accessories like the I Command that takes some of the, um, you know, uh, some of the learning curve out of learning to control your fire, and um, you know, somewhat, uh, you know, we've coined the word here, Traegerize the, uh, the the Commando Grill. Um, so that's a big deal. Yeah, definitely. And you, what I guess what we're kind of getting onto is what we're talking about is what does set the Kamado Joe apart in this category because you say you said Big Green Egg haven't done they've done well in themselves as a company but haven't done well to kind of grow the whole Kamado thing. So what what is it that you've made different? And like I personally, I know what you've made different, but let, let's tell the listeners what is what is different. What are the innovations? Why why is the Kamado Joe setting this new market on fire <laughs> well we we think the Kamado customer the, the typical customer of ours it doesn't really matter which side of the pond they are from but the the typical guy or girl who who, who buys a Kamado disproportionately is looking for the absolute best product they're looking for something that's not just a quick and dirty barbecue. They're looking for the full experience. And so in our mind, um, they don't mind paying a little more for a better product. And uh, so what we try to do is engineer a better product. And, and engineering a better product means a lot of different things. You know, we, we, we've tried to make the product more versatile um, with our flexible cooking rack and multiple cooking surfaces that allow you to cook on different levels. We've also just tried to make it better aesthetically. So we tend to um, you know, spend a little more money on better materials, better process. Um, and, but we also want the grill to function better. Um, you know, we don't we don't want our firebox to break. We we don't want to have hinge alignment issues, and so we've spent a lot of money, you know, on on our hinge technology. We've partnered with a great company in New York uh, called Weber Knapp. We think we've got the world's best hinges. Partnered with a great company in in Philadelphia to do you know on, on our gaskets. We got some. Patents on our top vent. We think it's it's fairly unique. We got patents on uh, ash drawers to make you know make it a simple process to clean your grill. We got patents on our multi-piece firebox. And so we you know we got a new hyperbolic insert that we've 
we partnered with a company out of Cambridge, uh, Massachusetts, uh, some ex-Harvard students. Um, we partnered with them to develop what we think is a, is a massive game changer for 2019 and 20. We're, we're coming out with a hyperbolic insert that goes inside your grill that really, truly does make your grill uh, cook better. So, you know, you know the, our, our business strategy is to keep improving the product. It's a continuous process. It never ends. And what we strive to do is we're, we're going for that typical um, barbecue, that, 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 that guy or girl that's at the tip of the spear. We want to give them the absolute, unequivocally best product. We want to be the BMW of the category. Um, in the United States now, our product is priced higher than the green egg, and so we're, we're probably sold at a 10 to 20% premium versus the green egg here in the United States. It surprises most people, but we are actually more expensive. Yeah, but it's like, it, for me, it, it's sort of, I've said it before, and I'm not really bothered about saying it again. I'm not saying the, uh, the big green egg isn't a great barbecue, but it's sort of like just... Like you said, they had 90% of the market, and I feel that as a company, they just became a bit stagnant, didn't really do anything. And like the KJ's come on the scene, and it's constantly improving. And since I've known about the Commando Joe, there's been so many changes, and it seems like there's so many changes coming, yep. and everything's just always striving to be better. It's like uh, they call it like uh, Kai's in the Japanese word, like the constant uh, sure. strive for improvement. And it's like that is what Commando Joe's doing. And I think everyone realizes that and people are seeing it and they know that they've, it's got good customer service. Like you said, the big green egg has, but rather than just replacing fireboxes for 10 years, you've actually re-innovated the firebox and improved it. So people don't have that problem in the first place. It's like, rather than you, you're fixing problems rather than just plodding along. Yeah. You know, being a user myself, I mean, uh, and again, I, I am somebody who uses my grill and previously used my competitor's grill, you know, five, six, seven times a week. I mean, there's some weekends that, you know, the grill never cools down. So I am a true barbecue nut job, um, much, much like you two. Yep. <laughs> um, I, we're, 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 all, we're all the same. And so it gives you a unique perspective of, you know what? your customer wants and, and if you if you're open enough and, and and you listen you know and you involve them in the process they will tell you what they want and they will tell you how to do it and, and it's just it's just being a good listener and, and and responding to the needs of the market but you know we we don't think that a typical british consumer wants a cheap ceramic barbecue that they throw away every three or four years we, we think they will spend a little more money for a quality product that they can keep a lifetime and you know we think competition is great you know we you know we we obviously um have spent a lot of time and effort to improve the product you know we sincerely hope that it, it draws a competitive response from our competitors um, because we think competition is great for everybody. You know, we think it's great for us, to be honest with you. It keeps us on our toes. We don't want to become complacent. Um, we think competition is great for our dealers. And we think competition, most of all, is great for the consumer. And so, um, 
you know, we look forward to uh, competing and, and, and hopefully growing the category. I mean, I was running some numbers um, last week. We, we think that the Kamado industry as a whole makes up only two and a half to three percent of all grills sold worldwide. Um, there's no reason why that can't be 10 percent. And we think it will if, if uh, you know, we're not we're not looking to compete with 10 other people. But, you know, if if there's two or three people fighting for the market and working together to grow the category, then that's that's great. And you're making movements. So I can say that Kamado Joe is now in the UK. And by that, I don't mean that obviously you've been able to buy a Kamado Joe in the UK for years now. But Kamado Joe is actually here now. Yeah, no, it's it's um, most people would be surprised to hear that um, 32% of our sales now are outside the United States. And um, we just recently bought our distributor in uh, in the UK. Uh, we've had a great partnership with a company um, called Graca for the um, best part of six or seven years. And uh, we had an opportunity to do a carve out with them and so we that transaction hopefully will be consummated uh, this week and so you know effective next week you know we will have uh, an office in the uk an office in holland and we will have employees in all over the uk and a couple in germany holland um amazing so that's exclusive for you Mm. (laughs) it's not even happening (laughs) (laughs) no but it's it's um you know, our go-to-market strategy is it's not that we, we don't believe in distributors. We do, and, and we think uh, we have distributors in places like Quebec, and, and, and we want to have distributors in places like Russia and Scandinavia. But our next business priority is to go to market directly to the retailer with our own sales force in, uh, in the UK and Western Europe. Um, we think it's a huge market. Most Americans don't understand that the EU is now a bigger economy than the U- than the USA, and you know I think it's up to 19 trillion. Um, people people don't understand that you know every there are, people in Europe love to barbecue every bit as much as as people in uh, in the US. It is true that you know the climate doesn't really cooperate for you know four, five, six months a year. But as soon as that first nice day, I mean, my, I, it's a bank holiday weekend in the UK this weekend, and it's a bank holiday in Ireland as well. So I think it's the one, other than Boxing Day, it's the one time we share uh, bank holidays. Bank but holiday. I promise you, everybody all over the UK this weekend is firing up the barbecue. Weather's great, um, or. You know, uh, at least it was yesterday when I called home. Um, <laughs> it is, um, it's definitely great now. It's, this is, but yeah, I read uh, on the news it said it was the hottest. Well, it was going to be the hottest day we'd had in twenty years, but I'm not sure if it's yeah. actually hit that. But it's a scorcher yeah. out there. I've just been to the supermarket earlier, and there's no, there's nothing on the shelves. There's no buns. There's no, <laughs> there's no meat. Like everyone's out. We just did a walk across the beach and. The, the amount of barbecues everyone's having down the beach it's barbecues it's on it's, it's on <laughs> it's it's absolutely fantastic and, and you know there are there are countries like denmark you know um 
where arguably per capita do they do more grilling than than in the U.S. And so um, we do, you know, in, in Australia we probably have 90% market share. Um, you know, we're getting close to 50-50. We're probably the market share leader in some Scandinavian countries. We're, you know, we're probably yeah. getting close to 50% market share in in, uh, in certain countries. So Europe is a a massive massive priority for us and. I'm excited to be able to go directly to our retailers with our own sales force. Um, you know, Grack has done a really nice job over the last three or four years, but we are ready to uh, take it to the next level. Awesome. awesome. Can't wait. Yeah. And you've, we've touched on iCommand briefly. I can see we're like getting close to around of time, but I just wanted you to kind of tell us a few more of the features that we can expect to see in the iCommand when that's coming out soon. Yeah, it's been uh, this one's been this one's been tough. We were um, we were ready to kind of launch something uh, last November, December, and then we entered into a partnership with a company called Desora out of Massachusetts. Um, they had different visions for for the I Command. They they wanted to work on an app that was more of a a platform, not just a temperature controller. So they wanted yeah. uh, they wanted to integrate. Um, you know, social media, online store, yeah. um, and so we we kind of uh, said, okay, I like your I like your vision, I like your goals, and so uh, we kind of flipped the switch over to them back in November, and um, quickly got a rudimentary app um, out, and then we started testing all over the world um, in February March. Testing showed a lot of bugs with the software, a lot of you know a couple of hardware issues that needed to be addressed. You know, our vision for the I Command is is that it will allow you to not only remotely control the temperature of your grill from your cell phone with an app, um, but you know our vision is it's kind of like a an entertainment hub. You 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 open the app for anything and everything that you might want, you know, barbecue related. So it will have a, it will have a, a feed on there that will be, you know, collated uh, content from all our social media feeds and, you know, content that we think is useful and informative from lots of other different feeds. And so testing has gone well. Um, we had to make some mechanical changes to uh, to the device. Um, we had to coat some of the electronics because it was condensation was getting in there. But uh, we are ready to start shipping, I believe, May 18th. And, wow. uh, so we're excited about that. It's about you know six months behind schedule, but uh, we wanted to get the product right. So we're, uh, we're we're looking forward to that. It's a it's a product. It's it's designed to stay on your grill. And the other reason I like it, it's got a very 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 powerful fan, and so you can without using your phone, you can just hit a button on the side, and it for you know for ten or fifteen minutes, it will blow thirty cubic feet of air into your grill. So you can be cooking in five minutes, um, which we think is a, a useful feature for for people who don't like the fact that can take up to 20 minutes to get your commando going what's well, so like a uh, like a heat gun or something can actually light the light your barbecue exactly so it it, it, wow. mounts, it mounts to the bottom vent permanently um you do have to plug it in there is a battery a battery option um 
but you can either put it in startup mode where it just literally blows like a hairdryer into your grill or um, you can go in the low and slow mode which allows you to just control the temperature of your pit you know over 10 12 15 hours so you can you can use it in either mode so it's not just a temperature controller but the app itself will be you know where all of our videos and recipes will reside and all of our useful content as well as our social media feeds yeah, yeah to the app as well cool yeah awesome yeah, so good. And I'm, and seeing the kind of photos that you've posted of this new hyperbolic insert thing, that I think that's going to excite a lot of the kind of geeky barbecuers as well as the dedicated people as well. No, it's I am I am probably more excited about that Ben than anything else we've ever 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 done. I mean, because you know, for the first time with science, we can we can prove that we have engineered a better barbecue that literally cooks better and these folks from harvard are you know they're they're extremely bright one one, one girl on the team she's from uh, she's from london her name is yinka she is the expert at comcell computer modeling um comcell multi-physics computer modeling and so we can put you know the shape of the grill into the model and, and then we enter in all the laws of thermodynamics, fluid dynamics, airflow, heat transfer, mechanics and materials. You put it all in the model, you run a million simulations, and it will tell you, hey, look, here's the optimal shape for the grill. Here's, here's the optimal shape for the insert that gets the air flowing in, in the correct pattern. Um, and, and what we're trying to do is optimize the grill and the insert for smoke absorption as well as uniformity of temperature inside the grill and it's it's remarkable and so as, as much as i love um having nice features such as ash drawers and divide and conquer and nice hinges nice gaskets uh having a grill that works better is um and it's optimized from that perspective nobody has ever really tried to to do that before in the in the barbecue industry most people it doesn't matter what the grill even if you got an offset smoker all you're trying to do is you got an air input and an air output and you're trying to you know the air goes from the input to the output and you're trying to put your brisket somewhere in the path of that airflow what we're trying to do is is create an air pattern inside the grill using uh, pressure deltas and uh, it's, it's quite interesting Nobody's ever done it before, but it really, really does a remarkable job of, uh, of optimizing how your grill performs. And so that's, that would be in that technology will be in the Projo for, for this year. And then, uh, next year we're going to uh, put it in our other grills as well. I just love the fact that like some of the best minds in the world are sat in Harvard and developing barbecues which yes. is <laughs> yeah which is epic i mean like i've just never even thought like it's just crazy just amazing do, we, do, I, do we have an extra two minutes to tell you an interesting story yes yeah the most interesting guy i had the pleasure of meeting last year was a guy called professor kit parker he is uh he is in the engineering department in in harvard and he's uh He's born and raised in uh, Tennessee, I believe. Uh, he's got some siblings in Atlanta, but 
I don't know how many degrees this guy has, but uh, he's probably one of the smartest, most interesting guys I've ever met. And he teaches a class at Harvard called um, Engineering Design. It's compulsory for every Harvard engineering student to take it. And he has a very practical and unique approach to the class. Every year he, he challenges the class to design a better widget. I think one year it was actually a sewing machine, but back in 2015, he challenged this his engineering class to develop the world's best uh, barbecue smoker. And so the kid, they had five months to do it, and uh, the kids in the class went out and... Um, Poor Kamari Joe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Done. They actually, they actually came up with five or six innovations to make a smoker better. Now, one of the innovations was they said it needed to be made out of ceramic, and we, we know there's nothing really innovative about that. We've had ceramic grills for 60 or 70 years, but um, some of the other things that they came up with were genius. And so when I heard about the project, I reached out to them and We've gotten to know each other fairly well, and we signed a joint development agreement uh, late last year. So we are collaborating on a number of different products um, uh, in a number of not just ceramics, but but other um, charcoal grills uh, that we are very very excited about. But you know, it, for me, it's it's not just about you know nice features and versatility. It's it's how do you truly uh, engineer a product for better performance and uh, these guys have some skill sets that quite yeah. frankly we don't um, they have access to modeling software um, that we don't and uh, it's been a it's been a tremendous partnership so far amazing yeah so yep. so cool Long may can't continue. wait to try can't wait to try the food off it <laughs> absolutely yeah right so uh, thanks very much Bobby we've taken up lots of your time uh, my last thing on here was going to say, when are we going to get another block party in the UK? Because I see Chef Eric doing all these awesome things. We need him here doing it here. <laughs> you know, I don't. Uh, I need to check with him. I, I don't think we got anything on the calendar. If I'm, you know, he's, he's shooting videos this week, but uh, he's a hard guy for even for me to catch up with. <laughs> but uh, definitely something. Be I think um, if I'm not mistaken, I think uh, we got nothing planned in the UK until last week of August. Gentlemen, I, I really do appreciate you having me on. Um, thank you. Thank you both for your time. Uh, thank you, Bobby. Yeah. Pleasure's ours. No, thank you. Thanks, Cheers, guys. Thanks a lot. See you later. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. You're listening to United Q Podcast. We are brought to you by ProQ, Kamado Joe, Thermopen, and Smokewood Shack. ProQ's extensive range of bullet smokers, reverse flow, and gravity-fed smokers will suit all, from the home enthusiast to the big volume caterer. Kamado Joe, the king of ceramics, is renowned for build quality and innovation. From smoking, roasting, or searing, get that great barbecue taste and keep the moisture locked in. Thermopen Instant Read Thermometers. 
take the guesswork out of barbecuing with the super fast thermopen. Smokewood Shack delivers quality smoking wood every time. They provide the smoky goodness, you provide the talent.